0: The Disability Report with Karen Key. Well, as usual, we start the show chatting with Ari Seelis, and he's the national director of the Quad Paro Association of South Africa. And this month, we'll be chatting about the International Day for Persons with Disabilities, which is today, about e tolls, which went live today, and also about road safety programs. Ari, good evening. Welcome to the show.
1: Karen, thanks. You a can- long day.
0: You can't be in a very good mood today.
1: It's been a tough day, you know, <laughs> at the office.
0: So where should we start? Today being International Day for Persons with Disabilities, first of all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously that, that's the theme, you know, for, um, you know, it's been the theme for the month and, um, you know, it's the 3rd of December today. So it's on the dots your, on the day of your program, um, the, the, the big event took place in Port Elizabeth where... Our minister and deputy minister were down there, and um, the theme for the month and for the day has been breaking barriers and uh, universal access uh, for, you know, for integration uh, for people with disabilities. But um, having said that, you know, I've got to also say that you know the minister of transport announced that they're going to launch e on the third of December, and I mean that to me is so insensitive. Surely our minister would have told the minister of transport, Madam. You've chosen a very insensitive day because you haven't dealt with the exemptions or the concessions for people with disabilities, as they said they would. And um, it's the day that we meant to celebrate. It's not a day that we meant to go to the streets. We really should be celebrating, you know, achievements we've made. And here we go a step backwards. So today was very awkward for a bunch of us. We um, made a decision that we would um, en masse uh, go to the Rivonia Etol station Um, and go and be good citizens and compliant and apply for our e-tax, obviously on condition that they were given the exemption status that the politicians are talking about. And so we went there, and um, at 2 o'clock we we went into the building, quite surprised to see a queue of people there getting their e-tax, and um, asked for the most senior person to explain the exemptions, and we've come to get them. And... um, i didn't know what you're talking about and at the end of the day he um he was very uncomfortable and and uh, he said we must register and then at some other stage we could apply for exemption that's not how it works you know that that's just another san con so he said at the end of the day there's no exemption for disabled people so so much for the political speech there is no exemption available um uh, very disappointing to hear that so we went outside we gathered and we sort of had a protest. The media got heard of it, you know, got, uh, and um, we ended up burning a wheelchair.
0: Oh, my goodness, sorry.
1: And, and the symbol of that, Corin, is this, that you know we've been burnt by I just It's so disappointing, uh, not only the symbol of launching e today, but there is no exemption for people with disabilities. So the minibus taxi drivers have got exemption, but what about people with disabilities? This infrastructure isn't, doesn't cater for us. We don't have another accessible... We don't have alternatives. And so we can only use roads, and so from today, we're going to pay. Of course, I'm not encouraging anybody to to pay. We've got to take this to the courts, and we'll see if the judge says you must pay, because I don't believe any judge will make us pay. But still, why doesn't government just say, guys, we're exempting you? We understand that it's a lot easier to exempt us, to keep us on the roads, than it is to give us the alternatives. So that's the bad news. It's been very tough... And, um, but at least we did make a big impact for the media. It will probably be something on carte blanche on the weekend. But, uh, you know, it's not nice to see a burning wheelchair. And you must know that we've been pushed to the edge and to the limit for us to have to do that. Just for interest' sake, if anybody points a finger at us, it was a wheelchair that fell off the back of a bucket 120 kilometers an hour given to us by a wheelchair manufacturer that's not repairable. So we didn't take it off somebody and
0: you didn't waste uh, one, basically. Yeah, it wasn't wasted. I think in case people were wondering about that. good. The
1: opportunity wasn't wasted either. You know, we mm. made a big message.
0: And what about road safety programs okay. coming up for that time of the and year again? That, and uh, the,
1: the same Department of Transport, which we think have handled this terribly, um, you know, we give them tremendous partnership. Uh, Quasar launches uh, this weekend. We deploy 47 quadriplegics at eight garages on the national roads, and they ask the motorists to wear their seatbelts because in the event of an accident or a crash, if you're using a your seatbelt, the chances of a spinal cord injury are much reduced. So on the one hand, we've been paralyzed by the Department of Transport's insensitivity and, and non-consultation. On the other hand, you know, we also don't want uh, the road-using public uh, to become spinal cord injured we encourage them to use their seatbelt. So you'll see our guys on the roads all over the, uh, you know, if you're going on holiday, keep an eye out for our guys. You'll get a free license to sticker. But remember, use your seatbelt because um, we know the consequences of not.
0: And don't drink and drive. It's that time of the year you can enjoy yourself without having to get behind the wheel after you've had a drink. No,
1: absolutely. And also the use of your distracted driving using your mobile, which now is mm. the biggest cause of road crashes in the world, including South Africa, is texting and driving and using your phone and driving. Um, so we've got visual media campaigns for that but at the moment um, use your seatbelt have a Merry Christmas and um, I'll chat to you in February
0: and as you always say Ari you don't want any more new members
1: correct yeah buckle up we don't want new members
0: yeah and Ari I wish you all the best over the festive season I hope you have a good I hope you're having a bit of a break and taking a bit of time off thanks
1: I will I don't know that you ever have a break when you're a (laughs) lobbyist but um, certainly I'll I'll, um, and wishing everybody, all your listeners, a um, festive season.
0: And thank you so much for your input into the show over this past year. And I look oh. forward to picking up where we leave off today in February when you'll be all back together and doing this again.
1: Thanks for hearing me moaning and groaning. Um, but um, there, there will always be cause to celebrate and, and um about some hot points as well.
0: well. we need your voice out there, Ari, so thank you very much for that. Okay. And thank you for your time. Have a good rest of the evening. Thanks. Cara. Thanks. Good night Bye-bye. to you. Ari Seelis is the National Director of the Quad Power Association of South Africa who own Rolling Inspiration magazine. And for those of you wanting to get your own copy of Rolling Inspiration, they're now available at Pick and Pay Pharmacies as well as being sold by subscription. And if you don't have a Pick and Pay Pharmacy near you, you can still get your own copy by subscribing. And to do that, you need to contact them via email on R.I. Subscriptions at Telcomsa.net, and you can also find them on the web on www.rollinginspiration.co.za. And if you need any information from the Quad Para Association, you can call them on 0860 Rolling, or take a look at their website, which is www.quaza.co.za. And Quaza is Q-A-S-A. So Quaza.co.za. The Disability Report with Karen Key. Well, I'm joined on the line now by Charles Nyakoa, Chairman, Founder and MD of Deaf Hands at Work. And they're an NPO whose aim is to create a strong, motivated, skilled workforce, utilising people with disabilities with an emphasis on deaf individuals. Charles, good evening. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, yeah, good evening to all, the, to all the listeners.
0: So Charles, your initial idea of getting involved with something like this or starting something like this came from your brother. You, your brother is deaf.
2: That is correct.
0: And where did the idea come from to start something like Deaf Hands at Work?
2: Um, that was uh, at the moment when uh, my brother Peter was about 15 years old and I have been wanting to send him to school. Because of our rural background, I only managed to start sending him to school and I was actually able to work, that is, around 2008. So the moment in 2010 when I got an SMS from my uncle that actually Peter has been admitted to go and study, it sort of inspired me to say, Wow, if I can make a difference, you know, in my brother's life, what more can I actually do? I started looking around and saw there are actually a lot of other individuals like my brother who also need the same platform. And then I started to think on how I was going to help him to get to work and then later on as I- I started wanting to just build a, you know, a, a group of friends who would help him, and didn't turn out to be, uh, you know, friends. They ended up as, you know, guys I was actually really willing to, you know, to take the, you know, the, the extra stage, and I ended up also training myself in sign language, and that is how, yeah, we ended up doing their project.
0: But calling it a project is not giving it its full due, Charles. I mean, it's a huge thing. I mean, you basically are creating employment for deaf individuals irrespective of their work experience, their education, or anything. I mean, as long as if they are deaf and willing to make, some, make better out of their lives, you're willing to help them
2: absolutely and uh in 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 my like new definition now of actually disability um i have found out that um, we're not limited only to of course you know like deaf individuals we we go across board we work with you know people who are deaf and disabled and uh the whole training which i do a uh, special particular emphasis on deaf individuals is because there has been a big uh, thing sidelining and due to the language barrier, you know, in using sign language in the work environment, so that uh, that is why I actually wanted to now create a conducive environment in, a, you know, a business environment where we can now say when we are working, when we are doing everything we're doing, to, in order to increase the productivity and their participation also in the social economic spheres. We need to use you know a language which they understand, and it, this is the moment where i saw saw that you know it has been a lot of uh, individuals with disabilities trying to reach out you know to uh, hearing communities, but then we haven't actually been doing a lot so the, the the process of of reaching out is is really what really moved me to you know start defense at work as you can see um if you check on our website we have d h w also in sign language so
0: and I was looking at the at the range of services that your organization offers. They're quite diverse.
2: That is very true. Uh, I do have a very strong background in the construction industry uh, when I did project management. But uh, that didn't limit me to also see the potential which, for example, the ladies do have. And um, I, I have been inspired along the way. I must admit, by a lot of the individuals themselves who have got you know disabilities, like the ones who are deaf, to you know open new services. For example, the clothing line by seeing a guy who is struggling to sell in the train, and then motivated to do a t-shirt clothing line, and then later on just using that as a vehicle, you know, to raise awareness. Then we do have our deaf style and our clothing range where we are incorporating sign language in that, in that clothing line. But at the same time, the ladies who are doing that are also deaf and they also have a disability. So it is cutting across board where we are using women, you know, to empower themselves to do a product which we know that is creating value and is also, you know, value for money to everyone. And so we do really, like, feel that we are not limited to the amount of expertise which we have. Uh, in addressing the social issues which we have in dealing with people with disabilities.
0: I mean, you also offer things like carpentry, vehicle maintenance, project management, painting, tiling, bricklaying. I mean, basically, it's almost like an employment agency.
2: Um, I would like to, to, to actually uh, see this as a very like, unique, you know, uh, I would say community, like in a business environment, mm. where we are saying that uh, a deaf person can do pretty much anything a disabled person can do pretty much anything if you give the you know the the right platform you know the right tools you know to do and tackle all the social issues which we have it will be so amazing how inspiring you know they, they they are able to you know handle in I would say each and every problem which they face and and this has inspired me to not only say and we providing training but to linking already skilled Individuals who are in different fields, you, we, we get guys who have got a lot of experience in painting or in, in, in project management who do a skills transfer to one or two apprentices. So when I have the individuals who are working with me, I don't call them like you no know, laborers, they are on an apprenticeship program. They are there to find, you know, where they actually love, what it is that they want, and then we build that passion and link them with the right mentors. And at the same time, their mentor will also be learning sign language. So it's a reciprocal process, which, we are, which I'm encouraging in, 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 in all the communities where I'm, I'm, I'm being privileged, you know, to have people as clients and people as, you know, recipients of our services.
0: I was reading a quote on your website and I thought it was it's, it's a very important one you, it says there it's better for a hearing person to learn how to sign than for a deaf person to learn how to speak it's like forcing a blind person to see
2: that to me is a lot you know to do with the uh, the, the the new definition of disability which I would like to say now um It depends on if you are an able-bodied person and we we do not acknowledge that there are a lot of capabilities which we can can be able to harness from a, a person with a disability, then we do have a perception disability and when we are looking into the actual physical disability and we are saying, wow, you know, if they can maybe, uh, they can be a way of, like, trying to make it out, you know, like, so that we can sort of meet somewhere in the middle. To me, I feel that it is about time now where we are, when we are looking into social innovation, to include the very people who are actually feeling the pain it is, you know, to actually living under subject poverty. And they are the ones who have got the solutions for that. And when we actually mainstream them in the economic, you know, uh, uh, mainstream, we see that the, a lot of the solutions which they have are very astounding. And we sort of have lost logic you know, along the way to the extent that the perception which we have, you know, towards people with disabilities has been the most disabling aspect. You know, that is, I think, the new way we actually need to approach that.
0: Well, now, to raise awareness and to get your message out there, you've been embarking on a 200-kilometre silent disability awareness walk. Tell me about how that's going.
2: So that was a very um, what one of those uh, I would say highlights for the year. I have done a similar one last year, but this one was profoundly important. We had a very uh, we had the following things when we started the work I, I, I have been doing this work as part of supporting you know disability awareness, especially deaf awareness month last year in September this year I did it in November to include all the spectrum of disabilities, and I was with my deaf brother it really means nothing for me to say that you know i do this and i feel for you when i haven't felt what it is like you know to be that person and so i decided to be silent for the six days which i took from nordic all the way to foster linking all disability friendly organizations you know disability schools and, and and churches along the way but what was unique was this time around we only had 15 rents we had, uh, you know, like you have two deaf guys who can't speak to anyone and they, are, they don't have a place to sleep, they don't have uh, something to eat, they just have 15 rand. What was very, very profound, which I found was just the daily no more you know chores which i was actually so used to if i need to do something that i just have to speak I, I wasn't able to do that and that was very very uh, very demanding the, the the second day i remember when i was in Ethlon, when i got one of my cell phone robbed it was with my brother and then the moment that happened the way i resonated that moment you know was more profound as compared to someone who was telling me and the person is disabled say i just have my phone stolen but it happened And I I had vowed that I I cannot speak. And that was very powerful to me to actually connect with what it means like, you know, to be a social entrepreneur and, you know, doing the cause which I have and having lived with my brother for that long. To me, that was a revelation. And I felt that this is very powerful. uh, There is a way which actually I can be able to harness this moment and maybe, you know, have it known out there that this is what we need to be addressing
0: so to that end you are organizing a silent meal I mean we've heard over the years now people go to what they call dinner in the dark which is normally organized by organizations that that, that cater for blind people and this is something now this is something different this is a silent meal so now you can't speak
2: that is very true and uh, in a way this is one of the most uh, interesting things uh, to actually do and experiment on especially when looking this festive season um, the the basic concept of it is I found that uh, I do not have enough words to describe and explain what I felt as a port for the self-reflection which I did when I was doing the entire work. The, the best way to do it is to just have maybe an hour or two of a person's life in silence and then sort of reflect on all the things which, uh, which we are facing, I would say all the unheard voices, which, uh, which uh, the voice being the voice, you know, the voice of the voiceless, and that is something which I, I am creating now on the 20th of December. Uh, there are three unique things which are happening on the day. It's uh, sort of a celebration for my birthday, which I've always vowed I want to do it with a different cause every year. And uh, the second thing is uh, is going to be our second anniversary, and at the same time is the only time when I'm actually being able to open up and like tell you know to the public the reflection which I got on the walk. So people are only allowed to speak before and after the meal and it's a three-course meal which is being paired with food and wine pairing five-star dining and it's just the perfect gift which you can get i think on this season and mm-hmm. we're doing it also in a very prestigious restaurant where i also work as a waiter which is called the food barn restaurant
0: You're at the food barn that's out in is it
2: that is correct
0: okay and how much does this cost and are you fully booked yet
2: we do have a very limited, I think, uh, guest uh, list. We might stretch ourselves if we have to, maybe up to 30, but we are limiting it to around 20 people. And so that, you know, I can be able to create, the, you know, the intimacy on that, of that. Um, it's a, a fo- uh, three-course meal with a food and wine pairing is 399 If you do want to add, you know, one of our clothing lines, the death style is going to be 460 so in, in that price so you can be able to either send us an email or contact us on, I don't know if I have to give you the details now. Or yes, it uh, would, it,
0: would it would it be your website, dhwsa.coza? Absolutely. It, okay, Absolutely. and the information is on there. Wonderful. And that's happening on the 20th of December at the Food Barn restaurant in Nodok. Yep. <clears throat> and if you want to go, I suggest you contact them right now because there's only 20... Possibly at a stretch, going to be 30 people. But if you'd like to go, I suggest you get yourself a ticket now. Otherwise, you're not going to get in. And it's going to—it's a unique thing. It's the first time I've heard of one of these silent meals. So, Charles, it sounds like it could be quite an amazing event and a really great fundraising event for Deaf Hands at Work as well.
2: Absolutely. I, uh, to me, I feel that uh, more about. It is really about you know connecting with people, really making sure that the message is is out there, and that is I think the the, the most essence of the of the entire work, and that to me is, is is the most important aspect. So I definitely would recommend you know to have a lot of people from like diverse backgrounds you know to come and just have that experience and and sort of reflect you know before and after what it is that you know we are actually missing out and um, and 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 add that. You know, social innovation years, we look forward you know to next year because I know there is going to be a lot of big things happening.
0: Well, Charles, I'd love to catch up with you again in the new year, but I wish you much success with your silent meal and uh, a really safe and happy and joyous festive season. Thank you so much for joining us on the show this evening. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you very much, Karen, and I look forward to uh, continue giving you some updates.
0: That'll be great. I'll speak to you again in the new year. Charles Nyakoa is the chairman, founder and MD of Deaf Hands at Work. And for more information on the organization or to find out more about the silent meal, you can email them on info at dhwsa.co.za or the website is www.dhwsa.co.za.
1: The Disability Report with Karen Key.
0: Well, Michael Stevens was only 12 years old when he sustained severe burns in an accident that cost him both his legs after 33,000 volts of electricity surged through his body. He survived, and with time, assistance and resources, he was able to overcome the challenges of being a double amputee. And in his quest to pay it forward, he's one of this year's Vodacom Change the World volunteers and recently organized a celebrity cycle tour to raise funds for Jumping Kids, which is an NPO providing prosthetics for school-going children. Michael, good evening. Welcome to the show.
3: Thanks very much, Colin. Great to be here.
0: So you've done the Celebrity Cycle Tour. That was in November. How did it go? You had some quite amazing celebrities cycling there with you.
3: We did. Uh, very, we were very fortunate. Uh, Flux who's the kicking coach of the Bulls, actually was one of the driving forces behind it. Um, he's actually Arneporee, the Paralympic athlete's stepfather. So that's how the whole thing sort of gained momentum. And he used his uh, influence and charm to get some of uh, the rugby greats to cycle with us for the
0: tour. So how did your fundraising efforts go? Uh,
3: The actual handover is going to take place tomorrow on uh, Daghbirg early in the morning at 7. But uh, the whole event went really unbelievably well. Um, I I was majorly impressed by the celebs involved and how well they they interacted with kids. Uh, We stopped over at a number of schools that we support and that have kids um, that we are involved with at them. Um, and and just generally the, the support of the people along the way. So, yeah, I think the, the financial side is going to be announced tomorrow, but it was successful. But the tour as a whole was very successful, and I think it, it did a lot for the awareness um, in those communities.
0: Now, you've actually given up a year of your life to become a Vodacom Change the World volunteer. So you're going to spend a year with the jumping kids.
3: Yes, yes. So um, the, the opportunity presented itself through uh, the competition that Vodacom ran, and uh, it, something, it was something that I thought uh, quite a lot about, actually, beforehand, and uh, I was lucky enough to be one of the 20 people chosen. So we started in May, and we'll run until May this year, and I'm actually in the process of trying to see if I can reapply because of the impact this has had in my life as well.
0: Now, for people who don't know about Jumping Kids, I mentioned that they're an, a non-profit organisation that makes prosthetics for school-going children. I was horrified to discover what the cost of these things are if people have to fund it themselves.
3: Totally, it's uh, the cost barrier involved is ridiculous for for anyone really. Unless mm. you, you know, you hit Lotto millions, yes, um, you 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 are going to be impacted by the cost because you know, talk about pricing more similar to car pricing.
0: Well, I looked at these, and I could—I have never bought a car for that much. I mean, it's between one hundred and fifty and three hundred thousand rand.
3: Yeah, yeah. So it it all depends on the amputation. Mm. Um, But if you're looking at a below knee amputation, those will start at around the twenty five thousand rand mark, and can go all the way up. You know, it just depends on what kind of technology is being used. And above knee, then amputations become the real costly items, where uh, a knee has to be replaced, and that knee is always expensive. And there you can go from, you know, a fifty thousand rand component, just the knee, all the way up to half a million rand.
0: Wow. And the thing yeah. about what Jumping Kids is offering, though, they they offer the children two p- pairs of legs, basically one for everyday use and one for sporting activities.
3: Yeah, that's our ideal situation and, and something that we strive to do for the kids because uh, we believe that... The, the, the blade prosthetic that mm. we give as part of a sports prosthetic gives the kids a lot more freedom in their play activities and things that might require a little, a little bit more robustness and, uh, from the equipment. So, yeah, ideally we do. And then we also have some children who actually prefer them completely and end up using them, you know, 90% of the time.
0: Now, what about with, as they're growing? I mean, obviously these prosthetics have to be changed out as the child's growing.
3: Yeah, it's one of our big cost factors with the kids. You know, we've got kids that start with us as they would learn to walk, so at one year old, and they're obviously growing very quickly then. So the major issue there is the socket, and the socket is something that we're going to be adjusting. You know, it can be every six months. It could be every year, but it's frequent, and and there's a cost implication there. Some of the other components we can recycle, and they can reuse them as we go. Um, but, yes, it is quite a costly and uh, time-consuming keeping up with the kids and their growth.
0: But it's not just a case of supplying the prosthetics. Um, Jumping Kids also maintains the prosthesis. It assists with the rehabilitation. So it's a sort of ongoing involvement by them with these children.
3: Totally. I mean, we try and buy in as much as possible to these kids and, and, and show them not only what the prosthetics are about, but what they can do with them. So, you know, when we take a child in, we also don't, look at it as a one-year type of scenario by them and then, you know, let them go. Mm. We try and keep them in the program for at least three years, um, if not longer, and uh, and grow with them and develop with them. And, yeah, we take care of the maintenance of the prosthetics. If there's an issue with something, we'll go in and fix it, uh, all the socket changes. And then there's the the other stuff, the lifestyle stuff and the life experience things. So we do a lot of events with them where they take part in things that – They may not have been exposed to and they may not have thought that was possible for them, like uh, the warrior race, which is kind of an obstacle course event through mud over eight kilometers. And, uh, yeah, we have our kids and some of our adult amputees and mentors take part in that just to, you know, inspire them and show them what they're capable of.
0: How is Jumping Kids funded? If you're not cycling around the country with celebrities, how do they get their funding?
3: Uh, it's it's all private funding based. So when we started, um, our founder is a man called Johan Snaders, and Johan is a prosthetist. And the whole you know drive behind this came from him and kind of his corporate social investment and seeing these kids and knowing that he had to do something. And from there we've expanded and now I've bought on with the Vodacom Change the World And and it is, it's through private funding. So I target uh, various corporates for funding. Um, We do events, golf days, the cycle tour you mentioned, you know, anything that we can think of where we can create the awareness and raise funding, um, we will do and put it in place and, and try and just build up more capacity to help more kids.
0: And the general public, Michael, if they want to get involved, is there any way that they could? Other than obviously helping you with funding or fundraising, is there anything that the man in the street can do to get involved with something like this?
3: Uh, the best thing to do is to go get onto our volunteer list, and to do that, they can just get hold of me. You can get hold of me through the website or through Facebook um, or through my email address. I can give that out at the end if you like, and um, and yeah, then that's a volunteering base. Uh, there's not a lot of scope for that in terms of we might need help with events, you know, if we're at worry or something and they want to come and compete with us or help the kids in one way or another. Um, Otherwise, you know, people bring various skills so maybe it's a skill based if you have you know a psychology degree or something like that and you're willing to give up your time for any of the kids who might be taking strain those things all help and uh what i also try and do is you know where we can't use the help directly with our kids we then look at the, the support system around us so you know, we have in schools in, in Joburg, in the whole thing, the beer sport, open air in KZN. So all of those areas, you know, they, they require a different type of help and maybe that's a better fit for some of the volunteers to go in there and help not just our kids but the other kids with disabilities at the school.
0: Gosh, so there is actually quite a lot people can do if they want to get involved. I always feel that if somebody wants to get involved, there is some way that they whatever skills they bring to the to the pot effectively would be able to be used, albeit possibly not with jumping kids, but something related to that. So, you know, don't don't think well there's nothing I can do. If you have a skill that you can share with with the children, please, you know, get hold of jumping kids. I'm sure they'll be able to point you in the right direction, whatever it is.
3: Gladly. Gladly.
0: So your year is going to be quite busy, uh, Michael. So basically, you are effectively for your year, you spend fundraising and and doing a, awareness for Jumping Kids. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, I'm doing uh, all of that, and then there's also the background items that are involved in any non-profit and business that, um, you know, I think uh, NPOs often don't have the resources to handle this stuff, and things get left behind, unfortunately, and details slip, and my goal is to go into the background and fix all of those so that, you know, let's say the right funders or people come along, we have everything in place that we can say, you know, we're legit, we know what we want. Here's our oh, here's our business plans going forward, and here's how we want to do it, so that uh, we we get the buy-in. So yes, fundraising, administration. Uh, I, I, I try and wear many hats wherever wherever I'm needed in this year.
0: If you don't apply for another another year with the, with the Change the World volunteer, I think Jumping Kids would, by the sounds of it, almost apply on your behalf to keep you there. So <laughs> I would hope so. I th- I would hope the so. sounds but of it, mean, th-
3: like I say, I've uh, I've really you know grown into it now. Um, as you mentioned. Since I'm a double amputee, I started off as kind of just a mentor to some of the kids, showing them how to walk, giving them tips, also, you know, telling them things that I've done in my life that are maybe things that they thought they'd have to, they would not get the chance to do. Just, again, that inspirational voice that I think they need. They need to see more amputees doing many things to realize that it's all possible. You just have to believe, and unfortunately, we have to get you the equipment so that you're you gain that mobility to go and do it.
0: Michael, I wish you much success with the rest of your time for this year at least. I'm sure they'll definitely put you back there for another year. But thank you so much for your time and um, good luck with the work you're doing for Jumping Kids.
3: No problem. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks. And uh, yeah, we look forward to chatting
0: again. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Michael Stevens is one of this year's Vodacom Change the World volunteers. And to find out more and to make a difference, go to the Get Involved section on www.jumpingkids.org.za.
1: The Disability Report with Karen Key.
0: Well, Adapted Surfing was introduced to the disabled community of the Western Cape when the first ever Adapted Surfing event hosted by Extreme Abilities and Surfing South Africa was held at Big Bay in Bloberg Strand in December 2011. And now, with support from the Department of Sport and Recreation South Africa, Surfing South Africa and Extreme Abilities is hosting the third Adapted Surfing event this coming Sunday, the 8th of December. And joining me now is Dries Millard of Extreme Abilities. Dries, good evening. Welcome to the show.
4: Hello, Goran. Thanks for me here.
0: Well, so first of all, people are probably sitting there going, "What is adapted surfing?" Do tell what is adapted surfing, first of all.
4: Well, um, surfing, in in a sense, is this of, of riding a wave, and um, you're still using a normal surfing board, and um, different methods are used for different disabilities, and um, the general way of doing adapted surfing is basically just a normal, longer, broader uh, surfboard with um, handlebars on the top. Especially for the guys with uh, uh, spinal cord injuries, that they can hold on and stabilize themselves on the board. And um, yes, and just different ways of paddling into the, into the wave breaks and so on. Um, but all in all, it's just a different type of surfboard that you use in different methods that you paddle and get into the water.
0: Were you always a surfer?
4: Yes, yes. Before the accident, yes, I was.
0: So this was just a continuation of what you enjoyed doing? Yeah, definitely. And and the idea for this dress, I mean, have you seen it somewhere else and brought it to South Africa, or did you come up with the idea? Where did it come well, from?
4: Well, what happened was um, initially after I had my accident five years ago, I tried surfing again um, without any knowledge of how my body works and what I need to be doing, and um, it was a disaster to say the least. And um, it really got me thinking on how I can... Managed to 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 surf again, and I got on the internet and I searched all everything I could with disability and surfing, and I came upon a site um, of Ocean Healing Group and uh, a guy called Christian Bailey, and um, he was uh, a pro surfer in the ASP Surfing League, and um, also got into an accident and became uh, had a spinal cord injury, and with his surfing contacts, he. He, he pioneered adapted surfing for, for, for paraplegics and um, with their group ocean healing group they um, have a, a, a facility in costa rica where they do adapted surfing camps for disabled children and i got in hold with got in touch with him and he just gave me the ins and outs and board specs um, of how i need to change my surfboard and give me a little bit of insight on how to how i need to enter the water and watch out for my own safety and um yeah shortly after that I tried but he took his advice and did everything the way he told me and um, well with a little bit know-how everything was a bit smoother the second round when I tried surfing again and from there on end um, I uh, joined up with Surfing South Africa and did a, my international um, surfing association um, surf coach course and became a qualified surfing instructor and everything from there on just downhill spiraled into um, getting adapted surfing out there and introducing it to other people as well in South Africa.
0: Now, with this event coming up on the weekend, it's not, you know, people listening to this think it's possibly just people who are paraplegic or mm, quadriplegic. No. It's, it's across the board. I mean, it's it's from spinal cord injuries to intellectual disabilities, blindness, yeah, well, amputees. I mean, it's a, with, ho- it's everybody, basically.
4: With the first event, we were only 13 participants. Um, but obviously we had a smaller budget, a way smaller budget. And then with the second event, we, um, with all the footage that we had, with, that we take, that we take with the first, with the first event, the sport and recreation, um, saw that there's real, uh, need or, uh, opportunity for people to So they gave us a bigger, uh, a grant for, for, for the second event. And with the third one coming up now, we're going to host um, a surfing event for 70 people with wow. different disabilities. And for the first time, we're going to have blind, deaf, and autistic people joining in as well. So um, apart from, from, from your spinal cord injuries, we've got your, your polio and amputees and um, spin-over and uh, so there's a lot of we we don't really judge on on, on what specific disabilities because there's a lot of uh, the people with disabilities will will know this that you get your amputees and they have their own click and the the, the paraplegics have a little own click and the quadriplegics have a little own click <laughs> so what we want to do is we put everyone together and. Show them or give them a little bit of exposure to other disabilities and see what other people go through and just broaden their perspective on on, on their own personal way of doing things and um, see a little comparison of how other people manage and go around. Um, and in the same process, people that volunteer at these events get also get exposed to numerous disabilities and their way of seeing people with disabilities, they will not judge a person by um, being disabled and think, okay, well, if a person in a wheelchair then he's blind, deaf and stupid at the same time, but you will know, okay, there's different disabilities and different ways of doing things. So being disabled does not mean that you all fall under one umbrella. They will they, know that there's a different... Each one is different and each one does things differently, you know, but at the same time, we're still people and with the same ambitions as, as everyone else, you know. So that's like the whole idea of the surfing event. That's why we mix it up and we just put everyone together.
0: Well, in the new year, when we come back from all these holidays we're going to have now, I, you have to come back on the show because you actually have a company called Extreme Abilities. And I was looking to see the kinds of things you do. You've got to come and tell us about that. But we don't have time right now for no, all of no, that. So <laughs> next year you have to come back and tell me that. But tell me about the event. You need about 100 volunteers. Are you, have you got enough people so far?
4: There's, there's lots of space left um, um, to to for, to volunteer, um, like we're looking to have at least at least sixty volunteers to make the event run smoothly uh, because obviously with water and safety issues, we need a lot of people with for each individual that goes into the water and then obviously at the background, getting all people dressed in the wetsuits there 's a lot of things going on um, not on the beach but many back the, behind the scenes so there 's always Always open place for, for for more helping hands, so yeah if anyone that's in the area in the blowbird area on, on on Sunday we will be starting at eight o'clock and um nine o'clock sharp the first people will be in the in the water and um we'll go on until three o'clock and um yeah there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, things happening like we're going to do a, a seated kite surfing demonstration as well. So, um, yeah, if anyone wants to join in, um, the earliest first-come, 1st first serve basis, so the people that arrive early can sign up, and luckily they'll be early enough to volunteer on the day.
0: Should they not contact you beforehand, though? That, well, would, that it's, would be it's ideal. Oh, is it we a bit do, late do now? all the
4: applications, oh, so okay. what we will do is um, um, all the if there's space left, we'll just have some application forms ready there on the day, so the people that shows up and would like to volunteer for the day, they can just sign up at the event right there um, on the morning. Um, uh, um. I think that'll be the best, because the previous year that same thing happened, like we would <laughs> really? make two months preparation and um, on the day people just rocked up and said, oh we want to volunteer, and we <laughs> end up having like, twice as many people volunteering that we needed. So, um, yeah, we're just going to go with it.
0: (laughs) Well, it's probably better. I mean, you probably got there thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to have enough people. And then suddenly all these hordes of people arrive. Rather that than nobody comes, you know. I'd rather they're all pitched up, at least even on the day.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, that's like I said, with this kind of thing, you never know what's going to be the outcome. But most, like our experience in the past is people are always willing to help. And, um, yeah, we've never been disappointed. And we never had a each time it was a huge success so I'm sure that we'll have more than enough people
0: but you know this is Cape Town Dries we always wake up a bit late down here you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, know you should know. <laughs> <see the> <laughs> you know You know, it's like hey shuao you know they'll pitch up on Sunday don't think about it until Sunday morning you know what we like Yeah, <laughs> we all like that so you should be quite used to that by now yeah, and you, you've got all your, your full quota of participants now the number no more pe- no more place for people wanting to take oh, no, part no, no. The,
4: the participants That's are awful. full but we we went to uh, we make turns with different um, disability organisations um, we went to the Cape Town Society for the Blind and we um, contacted Sia Pakama the guys from Kalicha and um, yeah there's a few organizations that we contacted and we gave them each uh, set amount of slots and um, yeah so the slots are all filled um, unfortunately but we will be having um, six events in, in 2014 coming every second month Ooh, wow! and uh, they will be going up all along the west coast from starting at Big Bay in February again and then um, from Big Bay, it's going to be Azerfontein, then Azerfontein is going to be Langebaan. then it's going to be Paternoster, and then it's going to be um, uh, Yelans Bay, and then it's going to be Strandfontein. So we're going to go all up the west coast to get all these small town guys also a chance to experience a little bit something different than just going and making handcrafts and so on, and just to give them something to challenge their own ability and change their perspective in, in what they are still capable of doing. You know, and, and, and I think it's very important to change, especially in small towns, to give them a little bit of a different experience on, on, on what disability actually is, you know, and try to break down that wheelchair stigma, as we like to call it
0: it sounds like you're going to have a fabulous day on Sunday and I look very forward to chatting with you again in the new year and good luck, I wish you much success on Sunday and I'm sure all the participants will have an absolutely amazing time. Well, definitely. So definitely,
4: they will definitely have an awesome day. Enjoy it okay. and thank you so much. Oh, yeah. for, and, um, yes. You guys can follow us on Facebook and check out the photos they'll be uploaded in the next week after the event so and you can what, go and check what out do they look on, on, on the Facebook page and Twitter and everything
0: what under Extreme Abilities or under um, Extreme Abilities our webpage is www.extremeabilities.co.za
4: just make sure there's two Extreme Abilities one is the US one okay. the .com and we are the .co.za ok so, so we'll make um, sure enough of that. Facebook and Twitter links are on the website so you can just follow us on that if you go on the site. So right. yeah, everything will be uploaded in the coming week.
0: Super. Thank you very much. Enjoy the weekend. Sure, go and even,
4: enjoy the evening. Thanks, thanks for the Thanks opportunity. for the time.
0: Good night to you. Dres Millard of Extreme Abilities, who together with Surfing South Africa and the Department of Sport and Recreation South Africa, will be hosting the third adapted surfing event at Big Bay Bloberg Strand this coming Sunday the 8th of December. For more information on Extreme Abilities, take a look at the website www.extremeabilities.co.za
3: with the present day magnitude of identity theft, fraud, and hacking, learn how the new smart card ID will make a difference. Join us in discussion with the Minister of Home Affairs, Nanadi Kando, as she elaborates on the smart card ID system and its benefits for the country. To book your space, visit thenewage.co.za or call 011 542 1218 live on SABC2, sponsored by telcom
0: The expanded Public Works Programme, the EPWP, will for the first time celebrate the National EPWP Week since its inception in 2004. The National EPWP Week is an awareness campaign by the Department of Public Works with the objective to reiterate the role of EPWP in changing the lives of poor and unemployed South Africans. EPWP Week will take place from the 28th of November to the 4th of December 2013. And for more information about EPW Week, visit the website www.epwp.gov.za. EPWP, so many lives changed for the better.
1: The Disability Report with Karen Key.
0: savage garden there love that savage garden music um but we're back to the show now and recently the dwde the disability workshop development agency launched the two percent employment campaign it's a challenge to the private sector to come on board to meet the two percent target set by the government to employ persons with disabilities and joining me now is gavin maggot a consultant with the dwde gavin good evening welcome to the show Hi, good evening. So this was launched recently in Santon and Durban, and it's going to be rolling out in the other provinces in the new year. But just to fill people in, what exactly is this? How many people is this going to impact?
5: Well, it's quite a large number of people. Uh, the 2% campaign is basically to uh, encourage uh, you know, the companies to make sure that the 2% uh, employment for disabled is met. Uh, a lot of targets are lacking far way behind. They're not sure how to go about it or what to exactly do. And uh, we sort of will uh, consult with them and help them and assist them and find them the right people to employ and to achieve their 2% targets and more if possible.
0: So initially looking at placing about 1,200 people with different types of disabilities Uh, into entry-level positions.
5: Yes, that's what we're aiming at, yes. We're doing entry-level positions. you know, um, just to get uh, a lot of guys, they do have the trick, but they don't have experience, or they don't have, uh, you know, uh, job skills. So just basically to guide them and to coach them into the entry-level positions and make sure they're able to, uh, you know, achieve their goals and uh, that the companies are happy with them and, you know, and they... Are happy with the jobs they are doing
0: now. The DWDE, which, I, as I mentioned at the beginning, for people who might, might have missed it, is the Disability Workshop Development Agency. They also offer a work readiness program, so it's not as if people are being thrown in at the deep end.
5: Uh, yes, yeah, you know, uh, that, that's what we're doing. Actually, also we, you know, we we, we guiding the guys and helping them and assisting them, you know, to be job ready. So they know how to handle the interviews. They know what's expected from them when they work. You know, uh, we discuss about transport. We, uh, we discuss all, all the financial issues that go with the employment also.
0: And, but the po- one thing that I found quite telling in some of the information I was reading is that they were talking about the, the, the overall aim of the Disability Workshop Development Agency is to ensure real jobs for people with disabilities. What has been the problem up until now? People with disabilities have almost been shunted off into, almost into the corner or into the back room, effectively.
5: Yeah, you know, what actually happens is some some of them they get uh, temporary employment for six months, you know, and never uh, permanent or yeah, uh, yeah full time employment. And what time what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, encourage the guys, you know, skill them up and train them, and also encourage the companies yeah you know, to make them full time employees. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's a win win situation because a lot of them are very odd and dedicated workers.
0: What has been the buy-in so far from business?
5: Well, the buy-in, the the companies are quite keen because we are um, assisting them and we are sort of guiding the guys, you know. uh, As as a job coach, we sort of uh, along the way. So we will, you know, um, communicate with the guys on a regular basis and look at the issues they have, if any, you know. Uh, while working,
0: now where do you where do these people come from that you actually training that you're giving this work readiness training to? Do you source the people or do they come to you? How does this work? Yeah,
5: uh, you know, w- uh, what actually happened is uh, you know we sort of in a, in a in a good position where we, we have access to a lot of disabled guys. We're finding new ones also from work. Uh, uh, working with all the other organisations. And uh, by getting the guys ready, you know, job ready also, we're able to uh, communicate with companies and try to get other companies also uh, to get involved with the 2% campaign so they can actually encourage employment. So uh, we work from both sides, you know, with 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 the companies also on the employer side and the employee side. By uh, speaking to the companies, also
0: you've got some amazing support from the UN Special Rapporteur on Disability, which uh, Shuab Chalkin. <clears throat> so you've got some really heavyweight behind this this campaign.
5: Yes, there's uh, lots of uh, support we have, uh, but uh, because it's you know there's a major need to uh, to work on the two percent, yeah, and we thought that if we don't do something about it and focus on on the two you know, percent campaign. Nothing will get done, and it's good that we have have chocolate helping us.
0: Now, I know today is International Day for People with Disabilities, and it's an ideal time to talk about this because, you know, but what worries me is that we've been talking about this two, supposed 2% for quite a long time, and business just hasn't seemed to be coming to the party on this. Do you think we are at a point now where they are suddenly seeing the light and, and coming to the realisation that they need to put their hand up and do something?
5: Um, yes, uh, you know, the, uh, a lot of the companies, they've always wanted to do something, but they were never sure exactly, you know, what to do or how, go, how to go about it. So I think by us assisting them and making the journey easier, you know, it's a win-win situation. You know, it's a win situation with disability and for the employee, employers, you know, uh, getting help and helping us, uh, we helping them find the right people for the right jobs.
0: So it's definitely a case of working very closely together because it's the only yes. way we're going to get this thing to work.
5: Yes, that, you know, Well, that's the only way. You know, it's got to be a a joint, uh, you know, partnership where both, you know, people want to uh, sort of you know make the program successful, and uh, you know we can help them. We, we we look at the jobs. We make sure we understand what they're looking for. And finding the right people to do the right jobs.
0: So, do you approach the companies, or do they approach you? Well, some companies
5: uh, we approach, and some companies approach us. You know, especially now with the two percent campaign, where we uh, uh, we're creating awareness, and yeah, through networking, we network with other organisations.
0: Oh, well, there is a hotline number. It, can people who are possibly looking to get involved as a as a An employee, can they contact that number? What about companies, if they're listening and they think, well, they would like to get their company involved, can they call that hotline number as well?
5: Uh, Yes, sure, they most definitely can, yeah, because we... uh We'll definitely uh, be able to help them and assist
0: them. Okay, and I will give out the website address as well, so all that information is on there. So if people are wanting to find out more, as, as I said, if, if they want to be an employee or if they're a company that wants to get involved, which would be fabulous, um, there is that information. I will give it out now. And get involved. It's time we all did something. We've been sitting and talking about this for way too long now, and it's time we all actually did something. Gavin, thank you so much for joining me on the show this evening, and hopefully this is the start of really good, bright things in the future.
5: No, thank you very much.
0: I hope it is. Thanks so much for your time. Gavin maggott is a consultant with the Disability Workshop Development Agency. And for more information, you can call the hotline number. It's 86 Or take a look at the website. It's www.dwde.co.za. So it's 86 086- 722 or www.dwde.co.za And that's it for the Disability Report. Next Tuesday, the 10th of December, I'll be back with our monthly phone-in and we'll be talking about skin problems and specifically about psoriasis with dermatologist Dr. Mohamed Dokrat. But in the meantime, I'll be back with time to travel tomorrow evening at 9, so join me then. But if you need any information about something you've heard this evening, take a look at the Facebook page, Disability on SAF. Or email me on disability at safm.co.za. I'm Karen Key, thanks for joining me. But right now it's time for Stephen Kirker and some late night music. Hello, Stephen. Yeah, that it is. Thank you very much uh, for that uh, with the Disability Report. Always uh, very inspirational people. Um, they do make
4: me feel uh, quite uh, the lesser person for all the energy that uh, gets um, given and time an effort in uh, helping themselves and helping other people too. Uh, The world needs more people like them. We should all take a leaf out of their book.